irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Deforestation, primate extinction, climate change. Is that what you want in your home? Arnold Schwarzenegger is powered by plants. What do ducks, geese, and Pamela Anderson have in common? These are just a few of the topics we will be covering today. Hello, I'm William Mayoff. And I am Nancy DeFabio, and welcome to Animal News Magazine, a live radio show about animals. Topics range from animals. Um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of hesitating here because I have my uh, producer, Dale Chadwick, uh, overlooking so um, this show is about animals ranging from animals in science to animals in entertainment to animals in religion to animals in agriculture. As we all know, plan- animals play an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. So this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world, and from that information, you can draw your own conclusion. So our guest today is Lynn Cavanaugh. She's uh, from World Animal Protection in Canada. And we will be talking about the inadequate animal transport regulations in Canada. But before we start, a duck, a skunk, and a deer, they went out for dinner at a vegan restaurant one night. Very nice, fancy vegan restaurant. And when it came time to pay, the skunk didn't have a cent. The deer didn't have a buck, so they put the tab on the duck's bill. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> that's going to go in the joke hall of fame. Yeah, that's it's really... an amazing joke hall of fame. Very good. So, uh, next. How do you follow that joke, Nancy? I don't know, but I'm wondering if our speakers are working or the headphones working. Mine are. Everything's good. Everything's okay. everything's in what about deforestation? What yeah. about child labor? Climate pollution. Right. What is that what you want in your home? Right. Well. What is your morning routine? Do you take a shower? Brush your teeth? Followed by breakfast? After breakfast you'll need to clean up and might use the cleaning spray you picked up at Target or wherever you go shopping. So what does your morning routine have to do with palm oil, you ask? And why is this a bad thing? Palm oil is found in roughly half of all packaged products sold in the U.S., such as cosmetics, baked goods, and cleaning products. Palm oil has become the most widely used vegetable oil on Earth. The demand for palm oil continues to skyrocket worldwide. The trees are mainly grown on enormous plantations in Indonesia and Malaysia, which produce 86% of the world's supply. Palm oil is Indonesia's most valuable agricultural export, accounting for 11% of the country's total export earnings. The country produces about 35 million tons of oil per year. The rapid expansion of palm oil plantations in the country has been driven by an increase in the global demand for vegetable oils used in diverse industries, including biofuel. The country plans to increase its production to 42 million tons by 2020. 
What is palm oil, you ask? Oil palms grow in tropical climates with plenty of water, which is why they thrive best in the rainforest. That's the same rainforest that's gone fire. Nancy, right, right, exactly. Is it still on fire, by the way? Uh, no, I think is, it's calmed down. Is it contained or some kind of containment? I think it's uh, over. Well, let's hope Well, so. I mean, it's t- totally destroyed, you know. <laughs> Let, let's try to get the results or the status of it so yeah. we can inform our listeners. It is massively farmed because it produces up to 10 times more oil per unit area than soybeans, rapeseed oil, or sunflowers. It's cheap to buy. Here's some factoids about palm oil. The current rate of deforestation could see the complete destruction of the rainforest if it hasn't been entirely destroyed right, by the exactly. fire. Well, they were destroying it with the new uh, Renzo, the new, uh, the new president, president of Brazil. The Brazil, yeah. Who's he, sold out to all of he the... He sold uh, out to all the, all yeah, the, all the uh, bad people. Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And, and well, they're good entrepreneurs. These are not good entrepreneurs. Malaysia and Indonesia source between 80 to 90% of the world's palm oil and the plantations needed to produce the oil are very large because every oil palm tree requires approximately 10 feet diameter of clearance around the base of each tree to allow full growth. Furthermore, it's estimated that worldwide an area of rainforest the size of around 300 football fields is cleared every hour. We care it impacts all of us, this precious right. rainforest, what's left of it. In light of this, Indonesia and Malaysia alone could potentially see the complete eradication of their rainforests in just a matter of years. Rainforests provide around 28% of the world's oxygen. That's why we care. A decrease in trees equals a decrease of oxygen. Correct. So it's kind of cool if we all want to breathe and have the yeah, freedom well. to breathe at will and to the capacity we all desire and need. Not factoid number two. The global demand for palm oil could see orangutans extinct within the next decade. Orangutans live high in the forest canopy, and their habitat is a prime target for expanding palm oil operations. The mass deforestation that has uh, been undertaken to meet the demand for palm oil has resulted for palm oil has resulted in a 50% decline in the entire orangutan population. In just 10 years. That is pretty significant. And that is a, huge. It's terrible. And, and they're lovable creatures, orangutans. They're in that Clint Eastwood uh, movie, Every Which Way But Loose. And they're doing fighting and boxing with Clint Eastwood. I think Eastwood. most people listening have, weren't even born at that time. Well, go Google it and YouTube <laughs> what it. What year did that movie come out in the 70s Who or knows? something? Who knows? It doesn't matter. People know George Washington and, uh, no, and I mean, what's his a, name? Sir John movie, A. MacDonald, and they weren't born. So go look up that movie, Every Which Way But Loose, Clint Eastwood. And you'll see it all with orangutans. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. He had a favorite orangutan. They'd box together and yes, he'd shoot it, it uh, no, pretend yeah. shoot it, and he'd drop dead and come oh, back to yeah. life. Hilarious. Factoid number three. Palm oil is high in saturated fats, and one teaspoon contains around 55% of the recommended daily intake of saturated fat. It is no secret that the West is battling an obesity issue. Factoid number four. The industry has impacted indigenous communities. There are an estimated 3.5 million workers on palm oil plantations. An article in the Huffington Post explains that these communities go from being resilient and food secure with their own resources to being totally reliant on low-paid wage labor in plantations. Locals are left with no choice but to become workers within the palm oil industry and are left incredibly vulnerable to the world market price of palm oil, which they have no control over. 
factoid five, clearing forests for palm plantations is detrimental to our climate and CO2 emissions. Deforestation can cause soil erosion, which affects water, biodiversity, and people, thus further contributing to environmental decline. Palm plantations are cultivated on peat lands. Peat lands contain 10 times more carbon than mineral soil. So the draining, burning, and farming of these lands has an effect on the environment that is 10 times more detrimental than traditional farming soil. Not a coincidence that Indonesia is now the world's third largest emitter of greenhouse gases and sources the majority of palm oil worldwide. Last but not least, factoid number six, animals are left exposed, leaving the vulnerable to poachers and palm workers. The road networks that are constructed to give workers and the necessary equipment access to palm oil clearings provide poachers with an easy way to encounter vulnerable wildlife left exposed without food and shelter. So there's so say no to palmoil.com. They, um, I they thought that was a big Latin word that I had to, to you know, like botanical word and all that. No, and all it's, that is it's is really, it's words. basically say no to palmoil.com. They claim that wildlife such as orangutans have been found buried alive, Terrible. killed from machete attacks, guns, and other weaponry. These people have no regard. So you're taking their cover away, their cloaking exactly. devices, the security of hide behind leaves, trees, forests, leaving it up to scuzzy right. humanoid poucher, poachers. Poachers? They're poachers. poachers. And and this is sick, and we uh, don't want that. That's not good no, for us. No, it's not it's good. It's bad for our conscience. Go see that movie with orangutans and Clint Eastwood. Orangutans, along with the whole diverse variety of plants and animals, like sun bears, are displaced. They have no food, no shelter, and are forced to find foods in the plantations. In many cases, they are seen as pests and killed with any babies that sold as pets. The lucky ones may get confiscated and are saved by a small number of sanctuaries who try to rehabilitate them. However, these sanctuaries are overflowing with hundreds of orangutans. This is very depressing, Nancy. Maybe we can get some video of some of the stuff. And they well, can the video is website. depressing. I mean, Have you seen video of this? Well, there are videos on YouTube about the situation. And, you know, and again, and I, I don't think I say this enough. Go ahead and do your own research. Go and, you know... Read the articles um, and uh, the data, the, the reports, and uh, just don't take our word for it. Uh, just go out and do your own research. You know even something? though right here we do we do extensive research uh, on this show ourselves. But what I want to say is that Mandela's is one of the world's biggest producers of palm oil. Actually, buyers, They're, they buy the palm oil. They use it in many of its popular products. Cadbury chocolate, I know you love chocolate, Oreo cookies, Ritz crackers. But it's high in cholesterol, so I try to avoid it. But it's everywhere, the palm oil. So, so, by, so basically, between 2015 and 2017, 22 uh, of the company's palm oil suppliers, okay, the people supply palm oil to Mondelez, which makes Cadbury chocolates, Oreo cookies, and Ritz uh, crackers, they cleared um, 70,000 uh, I'd say over maybe 150,000 uh, acres of rainforest. It's an area. It's actually bigger than the city of Chicago or Baltimore. Here, maybe here's how our list where is. the company is based. Yeah. Look for brands. William, I interrupted you. Then Go I'll on. make you. I'll let you can speak. Go to 
productswithoutpalmoil.com to find out what products are safe to buy. Shampoos, cleaning detergents. So these products without palm oil, right, won't encourage the deforestation of what's left of Brazilian rainforest in South America. Oh, you know, there's also another thing with palm. If you don't care about the orangutans, you don't care about the CO2 emissions, you don't care about anything like that, or your diet, saturated fat, there's a Singapore paste company, uh, also one of Mandela's suppliers, called Wilmar. has its own plantations, its own mills, and it owns about 15 refineries in Indonesia. And they have been actually uh, cited or uh, reported as uh, being um, abusing child labor on their plantations. Wow. Either so if you buy some with palm oil, you're encouraging not only the poaching of these things, but abuse of human people yeah, th- for child I labor. Think there's, yeah, there's a report by um, Amnesty International or the Globe Post. You can look it up. And it, it, the report, it, they actually did research. They went out in the fields and they, they did research. And there's a lot of child labor that's going on there. Some kids even quit school because they have to help their parents on the plantation. Um, they're as young as eight years old. They're working on the plantation. And I think the parents also use them to meet their targets because they have to meet targets to get certain pay so they could survive. Um, it's really bad. Uh, so you can look that up too. Singapore-based Wilmar, W-I-L-M-A-R, um, and their plantations and... Uh, there is a report by Amnesty International. Um, it, it just plagues the, the palm oil. Um, child labor has, has plagued the, child, the, the palm oil-rich uh, country of um, Indonesia, and I'm sure there's some going on also. So in how Asia. do we effectuate change, Nancy? The guest that we had last week, uh, the nice lady whose name escapes me right now, the custody of animals and all that, and, she, and it's been brought to the fore there. In Canada, you've got to get your politicians like Justin Trudeau. Or, or just stop buying those palm oil con- rich products. I mean, you know, like when when you buy shampoo, when you buy cleaner, dishwashing, like with cookies, uh, you know. I mean, obviously you want, but it, look, I, I think it's a great idea to write your, your politician, your senator, your congressman, your parliamentarian, your cabinet minister. Yeah. But the ultimate power is in the wallet. Don't That's you agree, true. William? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yes. It's the more people who boycott these these foods that have the palm oil. Yeah, that's right. And then then corporations will start paying attention. Absolutely, that is correct. I agree. So if people hurt them and their wallet, their 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 balance sheets, absolutely. Stop. Buy buy alternatives. Just like you buy veggie meat produce. Excuse me, veggie substitutes and all that. They have a whole list and array of those. Yes. That's a way to do it, Absolutely. And, and they strengthen numbers. But I'm saying, there are politicians who like to be contemporary, who like to be, True. you know, politically correct True. and all that. So you get Mr. Blackface Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, and and forget about Trump because he wants to deforest, uh, you know, Alaska and all those places. But if you put that as part of the conversation, the dialogue, you'll get these politicians running for re-election or running you know, for for office. And get it as part of the conversation, and they'll talk about deforestation and palm oil, just like it was part of the uh, you know the G8 summit. And Macron, the president of France, yeah. offered millions along with right. the com- European community to try to save the rainforest. That discussion would never have happened 10, 20, 30 years Absolutely. ago. They wouldn't have given a hoot about a rainforest. 
true. way the hell in Brazil. Well, people also buy things because they're cheap too. That's right. right. Palm oil is just cheaper Palm, than regular oil, oil, olive oil. But you know, I mean, put your money where you just. If you, I, I will pay more for a product if it's oh. made in the USA rather than made in China or India. I will pay more for a product if it means that I'm helping a little bit, maybe but in, in a microscopic way. You gotta get, you gotta get. You know, to, to to save an orangutan, or you know, to put more oxygen in the universe. Yeah. That's me, you know. I will pay a little bit more. Uh, I will do that. So, anyway. So, if politicians don't want to talk about that, they rather talk about a ridiculous things. You know, you know, as a last resort, just do what Nancy's saying. I agree. Just don't buy those products. There are other products, and palm oil is not good for cholesterol. Even it's, if you don't care sat- about the rainforest, exactly. It's a saturated fat. It's not good for you. Yeah. So you don't want to eat trans fat and clog up all your arteries and drop dead. This is kind of sucky when you're having strokes and heart attacks. You don't sound sophisticated to people and all that with half your face hanging down. You don't want your half your face hanging down? No, I guess you don't. You know, from a stroke and all this? Come on, folks. Let's talk about Arnold Wake now. Wake up, world. Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Game Changers, released on September 17th, is a new film executive produced by James Kemmer. Remember T2 and that other... All the T's. That other movie? What's that other movie? All those aliens, whatever it is. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan, uh, they're in this production that documents the explosive rise of plant-based eating in professional sports. Am I getting ahead of myself, Nancy? You sent me a wonderful communication stating that Schwarzenegger, the epitome, he was Mr. Mr. Olympian, Mr. World, who knows what. World champion. Two, two, three, four, five, six times Schwarzenegger at his peak. He's now gone a plant-based diet, or yes. so we're hearing. That's what you're telling me. This is what the story is about. So, okay, so let's go. I'm excited about this. Directed by Oscar winner Louis Sihoyos, The Game Changers follows the story of James Wilkes, elite special forces trainer and winner of The Ultimate Fighter, as he travels the world on a quest for truth about meat, protein, and strength, showcasing elite athletes, special ops soldiers, and visionary scientists. Wilkes' journey exposes outdated myths about food that not only affect human performance, but the health of the entire global population. So all that BS, well, i got to eat my meat, my protein, and build my body and my chicken no. and protein. You don't, you're an idiot. You don't need to do that, okay? You're an idiot. You can do it with plant-based products. The film features <laughs> interviews with Faris Kendrick, a weightlifter, and he's no Gurleyman, who has broken two American records alongside a wide range of sports stars, including bodybuilders, cyclists, runners, American footballers, and boxers. It also features some of the strongest, fastest, toughest athletes on the planet, such as Formula One champ Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton's vegetarian. Lewis Hamilton, vegetarian, Dale. Vegan, maybe. vegan. Top-ranked tennis player. I don't believe that. (laughs) Novak. No. Yes, yes. Really? Yes. How Fastest been, and toughest how, athletes. How long has he been, been vegan for? I, don't, I well, don't know. I'm trying to get the documentary. I haven't been able to get my hands on it. Anyway, I, I find that out. Really yeah, Formula One champ, Lewis Hamilton. You got there a top-ranked tennis player, Novak Djokovic, a nine-time NBA All-Star, Chris Paul. I heard of Chris Paul. The documentary also speaks to sports stars who have recovered from injuries faster on plant-based diets and teams which have performed above expectations. With the docufilm, Schwarzenegger intends to dispel several myths about athletes requiring a high meat diet for strength, stamina, and endurance. 
He says, those people are idiots. He states, this is great. Great marketing by the meat industry, selling the idea that real men eat meat. But you've got to understand, that's marketing. That's not based on reality. That's, that's a quote. That, that's a direct quote that's from That's a quote him. from Schwarzenegger. Yeah, so right. I don't have a good accent for Schwarzenegger. This is great. Great marketing by the meat industry. Selling the idea that real men eat meat. But you've got to understand that marketing. Idiot. That's not based on reality. Schwarzenegger has revealed he's now ditched meat and dairy in favor of Beyond Meat and almond milk. While egg is the only non-vegan ingredient, he still consumes. I love Schwarzenegger. The 38th governor of California now stocks his office fridge with vegetables, fruits, and vegan meat. But he's not an idiot. Schwarzenegger admits that he has become more health conscious in recent years, moving away from his old diet that had him eating 10 to 15 eggs a day and a lot of meat. Right. Good stuff, Nancy. I love your show, Nancy. You know that? Yeah, I love I'm my all, show, I'm too. I'm all pepped up about this stuff. Are we shifting here? Yeah, we're shifting. Are we shifting to form a Actually, form if anybody out there knows how we can get our hands on that documentary, please uh, let us know. Nancy at AnimalLawLawyer.com. Um, so so we got to get this documentary. And, and he goes ahead and tells you how, like Joe Piscopo and all this, you can be a money man and all the muscles with the horses and the gorillas and not have to eat any meat. Is I, that correct? I, I'd be curious to know how many Mr. Olympia champions are... Have been able to become See? vegetarian or vegan now. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do research. Yeah. And any of you folks listening around the globe, live around the globe, if you can asse- uh, you know assemble the data, and tell us all these muscle people too, who don't need to meet. Like any any weightlifting champions that are actually vegetarian. There you go. Well, we vegan. know that Israeli guy that I told you who's lifting up the tractor tires, and he's built like a challah. Remember? Yeah, has he won awards? Well, he's won my award. Well, what about this uh, special ops trainer, Wilkes? I want to talk, I want to hear what he has to say. I mean, you know, he's training, what, snipers? I think all? we're going to get Schwarzenegger on our show. Stay tuned, folks. I'm going to get Schwarzenegger. We met him already, Nancy. We should tell the yes. excited listening audience. Yeah, why don't you tell the story? So we, we went uh, for some salad, Nancy and I, and we come out of the salad bar, and we meet... The one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger in this beautiful, beautiful, uh, exotic automobile, some kind of Bucati or something like this. And uh, it is uh, undeniably uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he looks exactly as he did in, he the, looked, in he the movie. He looks good. Looks bloody really good. good. Very healthy. Well, the plant based diet, there I guess. There you go. He looks healthy for a 150 year old guy, okay? And I was all excited like a kid in a candy store meeting Schwarzenegger. Um, don't necessarily agree with every you know you know political thing he right. says or well, does. Right. Well, we're going to put the politics aside. Yeah, here. but but he's he's a success story whether you like it or not. And now he's going all vegan stuff. So I love the guy more. But anyways, very quickly. So um, this is an exclusive community in Southern California where I spotted him. I was excited. His bodyguard, this scrawny little guy, waved me on, and uh, I felt rejected. Started crying, and I said, Arnold, all I wanted to do was just shake your hand. So Arnold waved me to approach to come, and he was sitting behind the wheel of this. But he didn't Bukati. say one word. He just he waved. For some weird reason, he didn't say anything. No. But he waved me to come to him. Yes. I c- his voice. I don't know why he didn't say anything. Didn't Anyways, say but, but he, and, he, and I said, Arnold, Arnold, you're an idiot. You know, you're an idiot. No, wait, I just say that. But I was so exuberant, so excited. Yes. We shook each other's hand, and I loved it. And then yes. uh, 
that was the end and of that. That was it. Okay, let's move so, on. So now we're going to go on to uh, a little bit of a uh, of a different uh, uh, story, right, Nancy? Transition? Well, it's yes and no. It's celebrity still. Okay, so we're going to go uh, shift on here to uh, Baywatch uh, story here. Former Baywatch star and animal rights activist Pamela Anderson has managed to get Playboy Club London to remove foie gras from its menu. She wrote a letter to Steve Height, venue director of Playboy Club in London, urging the club to stop offering the cruelly produced item. Anderson wrote, There's nothing sexy about foie gras, which means fatty liver. In fact, it's downright vile, she writes. Quote, it produce, It's produced by ramming metal tubes down the throats of gentle geese and ducks in order to force feed them until their livers swell up pressing against their lungs and making it hard for them to breathe. It's notoriously horrid food for which birds are condemned to such intense suffering that its production would be illegal in the UK and more than a dozen other countries. She goes on to say, selling this abhorrent pâté is not in keeping with the Playboy brand, and I know and love, and I hope you'll remove it from the menu right away, end of quote. Anderson suggests the club introduce a vegan version of the dish, a 100% humane and delicious dish that is bursting with bold flavors and doesn't come at the expense of an animal's life. Playboy Club London responded to Anderson's letter saying it has removed foie gras from its menu and has pledged never to serve it again. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, to Pamela Anderson. You see that? I love it when people, they use their celebrity status to make a positive change in the world. I mean, she's pounding the pavement. I think just a few months ago, she was in France trying to get some kind of legislation passed. She's pounding the pavement. She's, you know, do you remember, most of the people listening, like I said before, probably weren't around in the 60s, Brigitte um, Bardot. Of course. Uh, she's, I think she was the 60s version of Pamela Anderson. She made a lot of uh, films. And like Doris Day, an animal rights activist. No? Yeah. And she she uh, was a sex uh, symbol. There's yeah, no she was. She was in. Uh, she was a French actress. She's now eighty-four she's years still old. Is. She's alive. Not she's, an actress. Yeah, but she's, she's alive. Yeah, she's now. She's rose to sex symbol status uh, about the sixties, and she started numerous films. Um, but in the recent decades, she's been better known as an outspoken campaigner for animal welfare. Beautiful. You know, she's she went to Canada many years ago to meet with to meet with um, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. If you'll remember. Uh, wow. So, so just recently, uh, they have an island in France. It's it's under French control. It's called Réunion or Saint Denis de la Réunion, one of those two. And she, um, the highest ranking French official there on the island, he filed a lawsuit against uh, Brigitte Bardot uh, after she. I'm just saying this because I I like people who have balls, and she's got balls of steel. Okay. Um, she wrote a letter, and they, they, they filed this lawsuit because she uh, they received a letter by her uh, that they say was racist. She sent the letter uh, a few months ago uh, and to the prefect of Réunion, this island, um, controlled by the French, and she described the inhabitants of this island as aboriginals who had kept the genes of savages and denounced what she called the barbaric treatment of animals by a degenerate population. I think that is fantastic. 
and I'll explain a little here, bit here, why. Here, here, so Réunion is an overseas French department, southern Indian Ocean. Uh, it's on the east of Madagascar. 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 And what they do is they have Madagascar. I just can't get this word right. Madagascar. The thing is, what they do on this island is they have this ritual. I think it's a Hindu ritual. And please, for all the Hindus out there, forgive me if it's not the case, but it's a ritual where they take. Goats and they sacrifice these goats. Now, it's barbaric, it's savage, but again, we have this religious exemption, right? The religious exemption. Well, you know, it's a, they do it for it's a religious practice. It's a, it's a people. You know, these people they've been doing it for hundreds of years, so constitutionally they're entitled. Well, um, I know we have to call Lynn in a few minutes, but I, I just want to. I want to ask you, William, I want to ask people out there, um, lip plating, what if this were um, on this French Isle de Réunion, they did lip plating as they do in Africa. Um, Tell us what lip plating is. In Ethiopia, they do this in Ethiopia. So what they do is, um, this starts, the first disc is generally inserted at puberty. I don't know if it's just girls, but it's definitely girls and probably even boys. So what they do is they wear these large circular wooden or clay discs on their lips. I think it's just girls. It's, it's a mark of beauty and status. Um, it is a form of body modification, which the, uh, the the more the lip expands, the larger discs are inserted in the lower and the upper lips of the, of the children. So a hole is cut into the lip, and also at the same time, they remove two or four teeth, lower teeth. So there's a lot of manipul- mutilation going on in the mouth. Mutilation is the word. Yeah. So the, the what small country di- is this? This is in Ethiopia. Okay. So I can go on and on about how yeah. the small disc is inserted into the hole. Right. We got uh, it. And so that, and if you look at pictures, what happens is you're, you're, you 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 have a, a plate in your mouth with a large large hole. Okay. But it's but it's a process. Okay. So I'm thinking, what if that's the ritual that they did? on that island. They took young children and they inserted, they cut holes and re- and removed teeth to insert these plates in their mouth. Do you think the French would take likely, and the French government is also con- condemning her for, for the letter that she wrote. So the French government and the island, they're all terrible, Brigitte, you're a terrible person. What if these were children? If, 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 we're t- if the savages, as she called them, were doing this to children, do you think it w- the religious exemption would apply? No. No, I agree with you. I mean, we're talking about a final plate that could be about 12 centimeters in diameter. It, it, it's, it's the, the Religious the exemption shouldn't be used to promote uh, mutilation, painful mutilation. Right, they exactly. They have to adapt to the time. Sorry. But it's okay for to do it to animals. Do they do it today? Yes, it, but that's what she with wrote. With the lips, with the women? The, in Ethiopia, it's a standard practice. So this is a... This is neck this rings, where they put neck that rings. That I've in. heard of. Okay, so so that's you know, that's abusing, that's physical abuse of a human being. So it's okay to physically abuse a human being because it's your religious practice, but to physically abuse a goat, well, I agree. it's not okay to, to, to abuse a person, but it's okay to abuse a goat. I mean, we, uh, this religious exemption thing really bothers me. I'm really, I'm, it's been bothering me because it keeps popping up all the time. Pops up all the time. And the way to make the, the way to effectuate change is, is to alienate them, to publish it, to to expose it. Transparency is 
you're doing here, and uh, that's that's how you go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, 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 there you will be people condemn. who disagree with me, and, and I can appreciate that. I mean, you're allowed to disagree with me, but let me know your thoughts. Uh, Nancy at AnimalLawLawyer.com, and we're also here every Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, so, uh, 2 o'clock, I should say. So you can call us uh, as soon as the social starts. Call us and let us know what you think, you know? Exemptions, religious exemptions, shouldn't be used to promote the inhuman treatment of animals and people. Or, people. or people. People included, children included. So okay. let's call Lynn. Let's see if Lynn is uh, available. Did you right give your phone number here? Let's give the phone number. Uh, no, we're calling Lynn. This time we're going to okay. be calling our guest. Remind the audience who Lynn is, please. She is with World Protection uh, in Canada, World Animal Protection. She's going to be telling us a little Hello? bit. Hello? Hello, Lynn. This is Nancy and William from Animal News Magazine on LA Talk Radio. Thanks for being um, on the show. Welcome, Lynn. No problem. Welcome, so, Lynn. No problem. Happy to... Can so, you hear me okay? You no, know, I hear you okay. I'm just trying to grab my papers. So, um, so, so, you know, as we emailed each other back and forth, tell us a little bit about who you are, your, the name of your, but you're going to, a little bit about the organization you're with. And today we're going to talk about um, animal transport regulations in Canada. So um, let us tell, let us tell the honest who she is in her body. Okay, so bit. who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> my name is Lynn Cavanaugh. I'm a campaign manager with World Animal Protection in Canada. Um, we have World Animal Protection as a global organization that is, has been around for decades and uh, our head office is in the UK, but we have 14 offices around the globe and farm animals are one of our key programmatic areas that we focus on. We also do work around uh, wild protecting wild animals and as well disaster management. So disaster response when there's things like hurricanes or our floods and animals need help in those in those conditions or situations. So, um, and then with regard to farm animals, we have different campaign areas that we focus on. So right now, looking improving the welfare of pigs and chickens are our two key areas that we're working on. Hey, what's your title in? What, what, what's your title in? What capacity do you work? She's a campaign manager. A campaign manager. Campaign manager. So yeah, wonderful, good stuff. Why why do. is pigs and chickens right now at the front uh, front and center? Um, well, when we jerk, I mean, we look at the suffering that's involved. And with chickens, you know, they're the most consumed land animal on the planet. And the way they're produced right now is um, they're really subjected to immense suffering and cruelty. And we feel that, um, you know, there are a lot of changes that can be made to improve their welfare. So that's that's why we chose chickens and, and pigs, too, really. Pigs are, um, you know, highly produced and consumed in the world. And they are... Um, for the most part, living in um, one of the cruelest farm systems around called a gestation crater, a sow stall. These are mother sows or breeding breeding sows that produce the, the piglets that are raised for meat, and they're kept confined to a gestation crate for two to three years of their productive life, um, you know, living on barren concrete where they can't even turn around. So, of course, and they're highly sensitive, intelligent beings, too. So, you know, they suffer physiological, physiological ailments, also psychological distress. So... We, we think that the industry can, you know, must, must do better by these animals, for these animals. Um, in Canada, sow stalls, thankfully, are, are being phased out. And so, they've so been banned in the UK. What's being phased out? Everything you're saying is music to my ears. I love your efforts. I love the organization. I'm learning as you speak. What's being phased Great. out? I didn't hear you. 
Oh, the gestation stalls or, or sow stalls that I mentioned, the confinement crates for breeding sows, those are being phased out in Canada and they have been banned in the UK and Europe. But still, huge numbers of animals are still confined in the United States and China and, and South America and, and Asia because that's where there's a lot of production. So we're working on um, on uh, trying to get sows out of crates. Lynn, Lynn, very, very, something very quick personal to me. If I'm on a freeway in Los Angeles and there's 18-wheeler rig to my right when I'm in my car and there's snouts, pigs, live animals, and they even have some kind of fur on them. It looks like big pigs, sows. I don't know the difference. Are those yeah. being trucked for slaughter? What's going on on the freeways here of greater Southern California, Los Angeles? Are they being brought to the slaughterhouse or what? To deviate just for two seconds. Yeah, most likely. Um, for sure, like the animals obviously are transported from farm to slaughter. Sometimes, though, um, the smaller pigs, so what, what are called the growing pigs, might be transported from one farm to another for fattening up, as gotcha. they call it, and then they would go to slaughter. So... Um, for both both purposes, they can be transported. Okay, so Lynn, let's talk for a moment, if we may, about chickens. This is the largest consumed land animal here, okay? Very articulated here. <laughs> You're really touching nerves here on me, okay? Okay. We're, Nancy's a vegan. I'm a vegetarian. They make fantastic alternatives worldwide. You swear you're eating chicken. You swear you're eating legitimate beef and meat and hot dogs, yada, 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 and, and you know that. Yeah. And, and Harvey's and Light Life and all this other stuff, Okay. So, mm -hmm. so, so, so with the chickens, could you t give a picture, a snapshot to the listening audience here, you know, the the cruelty of what they're doing with chickens, the large consume, and how, okay, with some little effort, they can change the cruel, sick practices that they're currently currently engaging in. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Lynn, if Lynn, she if she feels uh, she wants you, so this is Lynn's uh, floor. She can talk about she can say can what she wants. Since they're all yeah. fillet of chickens and Chick Fil A and Toronto just opened up their little. Uh, Chick-fil-A, so that's topical, most consumed. What's the cruelty and how could that be addressed and corrected? Por favor. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, that's a good, a great question. So um, some of your listeners might know and you might know that chickens have been bred um, for very fast growth and for large size. So it's really to meet the market demand for the, you know, the white breast meat that people love to eat. But as a result, you know, the, the chicken now... Um, the modern chicken goes to slaughter at about 40 days of old, so 40 days old. Um, so they grow so fast that it just they have their body just cannot stand the weight. Um, their own they can't hold their own weight. So as, by the time they reach slaughter weight, they sometimes can't walk. They suffer severe leg deformity. Sometimes they just collapse from a heart attack because their body is so unnaturally large. Sometimes we liken it to something like if a if a three year old like if a toddler you know weighed over three hundred pounds. So that's what's been done to these poor animals, and it's just a monstrosity, really. They've been just through breeding have been made to be so large, and it's really economics to get them to slaughter as fast as possible and as cheap as possible, um, and to the detriment of the poor birds as well. You know, there's they, they live in crowded barns with ammonia, a strong ammonia from um, the because they're so crowded, there's a lot of ammonia in the litter. And so there's a lot of respiratory um, issues that they suffer from. Um, so what we would like to see done for chickens is we want less crowding. We want to see some enrichment in these barns. They already have a short life. So give them something to do, such as, you know, some hay bales and some purchase to satisfy those behavioral right. needs that are very right. important to them. And most importantly is for the industry needs to move to slower growing breeds. And they are out there. there there's been some breeds 
approved by the RSPCA in England. And the GAP standard that Whole Foods uses is looking at is funding some research around um, slower growing breeds that have good health outcomes. Wow, that's really... Uh... See, you're very reasonable. You're not radical. The, the right can't... No, and chickens reason. are smart too, by the way. No, but chickens are smart. She's accepting the premise that if these people have to eat their meat and have well, to eat no, their I... chicken... Better they should go to I fake the, chicken and, and, the, and the vegetarian or, or, alternatives. Or, or, or more but, or a less cruel chicken. Right, you know? but Lynn is a comedy of those people who have to get their whoopies right. and eat the chickens. But make it humane for the brief period of time they're going to be on the planet. They hate all the suggestions you But it made. costs more money. But, you know, and they'll pass it on to the consumer. Dale, this, this is a little random and out of the blue, but is there a difference between a fast-grown chicken and just a naturally raised chicken? Is there a difference in taste? In taste, um, I've heard that, because I don't eat meat, but I've heard that there is, you know, the heritage breeds. So those would be the the breeds that are more like akin to the wild ancestors, that the meat is more flavorful. I would Um, say that it is. Not only because, I mean, you know, from a spiritual perspective, the chicken is less unhappy, which helps. And the feed is probably better. It's fed, you know, better. It's in better, cleaner conditions and better quality food so i would say yes yeah yes that's true like the ones that are the heritage i mean these are the very high welfare ones i mean what we're asking for is really small changes to make the lives of the chickens a lot better but from the industry side small changes really that we think are doable because we're we're pragmatic we want to make changes across the world um you know when and when you're wanting to make changes on mass scale it's not going to happen that everyone adopts these really slow growing heritage breeds where they live outside and peck at the earth although people can get those for you know get that meat if they if they look for it and they want it but in terms of making these you know smaller practical but big made major enough changes that they do impact the birds but still doable on a mass scale um we think that um you know that's important like that's important and not and um, we actually just released a, a study. So you, one of you mentioned cost. We just released a report actually that shows that the cost to make these changes is really, it's um, a very small percent. It's very manageable for industry. It, it was like something like six to 13 uh, cents per kilo of, of weight of chicken weight. Um, I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but um, you know, the, the point is, is that and these costs can be absorbed across the supply chain. So what so, would be the objection? Why would why would anybody? Why would any lobbyist object? Why would the why the, any and argue for the status quo? Right. Why would the Canadian government argue against? Right. There would be no. So what's the opposition? obstacle? Yeah. What's the opposition? Is there any opposition to this? The opposition. It's, it still costs money. The industry doesn't want to change. It still costs money to, you know make those changes inside the barn and adopt the slower growing breeds. I mean, it really is economics and chicken is a super cheap meat. And so to do that, I mean, there's always resistance when we're advocating for change. However, I should say that KFC and in the EU and UK, six subsidiaries in that region just signed on to the better, what we call, it's called the better chicken initiative um, in the EU. And so they've signed on as well. Burger King and Starbucks in North America have signed on. So changes happen in the UK, in the UK, the KFC, um, um, subsidiary in, in six of them in the UK or in Europe and, and the UK, um, outlets have, have made that commitment. And, um, Starbucks and Burger King in North America. Oh, wow. Very so good. Change is coming, but yeah. Excellent. That's so, good um, news. It just, you how know. can we effectuate, you know, per individual, how can we make the, you know, a grassroots effort? What, what's the catalyst you need out there to go and effectuate mm-hmm. this change, please? How can everybody help? 
Well, people can certainly contact these corporations to say that, you know, when they've learned how cruel the, the industry is now and how, what these chickens are subjected to, they would like to see them make some basic welfare improvements. It's just a humane, decent thing to do, right? The other thing is, I mean, you've spoke a couple times about um, not eating them and meat alternatives, and, what you know, not everyone's willing to give up meat entirely, but right. what they could do is they could eat less meat at right. least. At least. And if you eat less meat, then you can afford to buy the higher welfare, the certified humane, and that sort of thing, because it's more costly. Lynn, do you have a website where they can go to to find the culprit companies that are doing this, and then it's just a matter of going on your phone or on your laptop, sending them emails, but do you have a list of the the, the violated people who are engaging in this ruthless (laughs) of the chickens? I don't have a list of all the companies, because honestly, unless they say they've committed to a better chicken um, so by default, initiative, and that they would find in their sustainability policy on the website, on well, either retailers or quick service restaurants website. If they don't state it, you can assume that they're just using conventional practices. So unless they're chicken. boasting about it, unless they're boasting about the more humane treatment and signing on to the right, right then they're probably yeah. all presumed by default to be culprits. So we just I would want to, prefer, yeah. We just want to get That's a vehicle. We want to get a vehicle to our global listeners. What they can do to, mm-hmm. to assist in Well, I think Lynn addressed a very important point. Eat less, mm-hmm. and then when you go and you buy your chicken or your pork or whatever, you can buy the ones that are less, I, I say less cruel because for me, it's you know, it's just cruel. Mm-hmm. I just mean, have standards. Yeah, just have higher standards. Yeah. It's a step, or definitely a step in the right direction. Conversely, the, 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 the entities, the companies that we're proud of that have signed on, you said the Kentucky Prides in Europe and all this, do we have a list, a short list of those who are good students, and then we could just buy from those guys? Do we have a list, such those kinds of lists on your website? Or we'll put it on our website. There's a, well, there's a website called chickenwatch.org. Okay. And that list, yeah, that lists all the companies that have made commitments for both laying hens. Oh, so so let's, no, let's go ahead. Meat chicken. Right. Let's go ahead and reward positive behavior. Chickenwatch.org. Yeah. Okay. So, Lynn, what else, Nancy? What else? I want to talk a little bit about the regulations in Canada. Lynn, by the way, is calling from. Are you calling? Are you in Toronto? I'm in Toronto, yes. So, um, let's talk a little bit about federal transport regulations. And if you know of any uh, companies that have been recently in violation of those transport, what, what are they? I mean, what is the minimal standard for transporting animals? Yeah, so that's a really good question, too. Um, so we've had really outdated regulations for many, many years, and there have been a lot of animal groups who are lobbying for changes. And just this past February, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency that oversees the regs uh, made published some new ones um, with oh. some improvements, although we don't feel they go far enough. So, for example, the new regulations state that chickens and cows can still be transported for up to 36 hours without food, water, or rest and pigs for 28 hours, which is far longer than in the European Union and New Zealand, which have much much long, much shorter hours. Um, sometimes in some cases they're a bit longer if they have water on board the vehicles and they have certain specific, specifications on the trucks. But essentially, um, in some cases, it's only eight hours in, in New Zealand and Europe. So we would have liked to see those hours lessened as well. There's no temperature or weather restrictions. 
um, around transport, which in Canada can get pretty cold for these animals. And even in Toronto, we can have heat waves, you know, like over 30 degrees uh, Celsius, which so, is so. Wait a minute. So, what is so, that so, in Fahrenheit? A hundred or so. Um, so, 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 so it's so in the it's, middle of winter. It's February. It's seven o'clock in the morning. We got a truckload full yeah. of chickens or pigs. They don't need to be. They're not temperature controlled. No, no, they're not. Um, some companies, I think, are are starting to make some changes. But essentially, these birds, like the ones, um, so just to give you an example, there's I a big poultry producer. Oh, hello. Yeah, 2019. I can't believe that they're transporting livestock, and it's not, uh, and they're just treating them like suitcases, and there's no temperature control. It's horrible. They're, they're letting them freeze while they're alive. If it's February, I don't care much. But about it's them. a loss for the company. That's because your your chickens it's are going to freeze to death. You lose so you lose all, you lose your chattel. I don't I don't understand. It's insane. It's it's to nobody's do, do benefit. We, do we have it a is. correct picture, Lynn? We have a correct so that so if it's. February and it's freezing cold in Montreal, Toronto. They're driving these chickens around. The chickens are like freezing, correct? Yes, well, that's the, right. Well, Justin, and, and Justin is running. Chickens. Yeah, Justin is running around trying to be for the downtrodden, the poor, and the blackface, and all that stuff. You know, we got to get him to, to be uh, talking about the if he's such a good hippie and for the people about the chickens and the animals and all this. I mean, it's terrible. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be part of the yeah. public conversation, as they say. You know what I mean, Lynn? Absolutely. Thank yes, you. we That's would like sick. to see at least some more protections for farm animals. Um, the, you mentioned a good uh, a good point, Nancy, about you know the cost. Like these companies are losing their cost, but or or you know losing what you know the, their livelihood or whatever their you want to call it. Um, their inventory, their 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 product. <laughs> their product, yes. But with with the case of spent hens, so those are the egg-laying hens that are no longer productive, that are being sent to slaughter, they're actually not even considered very valuable um, because their value is in the eggs and that, that part of their production is over. So they're being sent to slaughter, but they're not really given any value, and so they're considered very disposable. And just by way of example, there was this, because you asked for some examples, yes. the, there was a company in uh, 2014 called Maple Lodge, which is a huge poultry uh, production company in Canada, and they were routinely having uh, birds uh, die en route oh. um, to the slaughterhouse, so much that Canadian Food Inspection Agency brought a court case against wow. them um, and charged them with animal welfare violations. Oh, and, and they were fined $80,000. And they had to, the judge ruled that they had to make a whole bunch of changes to their vehicles. Beautiful. But, you know, one in one truck alone, almost 10,000 uh, spent hens froze to death because they were just transported in un um, temperature controlled truck there's just this tarp that's tossed over the the crates so these poor birds have just they're already so fragile i don't know if you know much about the egg industry and and how the birds are when you know through the excessive egg production their bodies are just completely worn out and then they're um squished into these transport crates and then they're going it's a shock to their system to go from a temperature controlled barn out to you know minus 10 or 20 or or whatever it is and then transport it and they just they're already so fragile. That's the thing, and then they just froze to death. So it's really, it's really great that they that this court case happened. Um, it shed light on the industry, but definitely that was sort of an exceptional situation. Those kinds of charges don't typically happen, and we we need more enforcement for so sure. How do we get it? How do we get those chickens? Do they become uh, human chicken food or cat or dog chicken food? Those spent chickens. Oh. 
but they're not like in the meat supply where you know the chicken breast and stuff that's the broiler meat i talked about it's, they okay. call them broilers um they they go into things like because their bodies are sort of worn out and you know battered and bruised they would go into yeah some some pet foods and maybe like soups and sort of things oh, where I like, see, like campbell's meat, chicken uh, soup stuff like that yeah that kind of thing that kind yeah, of like it gets exactly. hidden in the other products okay go ahead william i'm sorry no i, I just you know, that court case, as you mentioned, the $80,000 penalty and all that, we've got to get that in the news more and bring pressure and effectuate change. Change, change. Right, Lynn? we got to make that more a predominant dialogue. And well, that's what we're talking about right this. now. Right, so. but I, I need instructions. I, we, people need instructions. When this show's over, what they should do to, to, to alienate uh, these producers and suppliers and the people who transport. Mm-hmm. So t- mm-hmm. talk to us. Tell us. One, two, three, four, what do we do? Well, oh, what do, well, um, I mean, we can eat less meat, like I said. Right. Um, you know, people want to give it up altogether. That's great. But I know that that's what from our that? organizational perspective. I mean, that's, we talk about eating less meat and then higher welfare right. meat, eat right. less meat and better meat. Right. Um, because as I said, we're pragmatic. So we know that, right. you know, it's... We are realistic. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, they can talk to their retailers where they buy their products and say they want to see, you know, a certain level of standards for these animals, as well as the government, the um, restaurant chains. You know, a lot of of times the work we do is through this corporate work, getting changes in the supply chain, because sometimes legislative changes are more challenging. Yeah, they're they're more complicated as opposed to just walking into a supermarket Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, you know, can you... Oh, can you put this on the shelf? Anyway, Lynn, we're running out of time. She's got to sh- plug her uh, webpage, please. Your efforts are great, yeah, and I applaud you. What... We applaud you, Lynn. You're a hero. Yes, you hear we me? applaud you. So, Thank you. So, yes. uh, it's important work, true. Thank you. Well, it's awesome that you guys have this show to talk about animal issues. So, and we want you back. You know, uh, we do want you back uh, to talk more about uh, your got, efforts. What is the name of what, What's website, your website? Please. So it's uh, worldanimalprotection.ca is the Canadian one. We do have a U.S. site, too. It's um, I should know it. But if you type World Animal Protection in, in Google, then it, when you're in the U.S., the U.S. one should come up. Because our, our office there is in New York, just yeah. FYI. But World, and uh, then, World Animal Protection yeah. CA in Canada is also very important. You know, we, we, this yes. is worldwide. All the animals in the world, they're you- all my children. Lynn, do you sell caps and hats and promotional stuff, too, that if we want to collect stuff, we can buy to promote you guys' world animal um, protection? Not regularly, but sometimes we'll have, like, a little, you know, a special event where we're doing a fundraiser. So think and about then we it. might have, like, a T-shirt or a hat, but we don't on a regular basis. I sometimes love collecting all that yeah, He stuff. likes to collect all kinds I love of stuff collecting, from animal so think about charities. That, okay? yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lynn, ah. we're, out of, we're out of time. Thank you very, very much yes. for your time. And uh, we'll you have both. you on the show if you're Thank available you. uh, so in another time. You're coming back. More. You're coming okay. back. We'll hook you up. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Lynn. Okay. Be well. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. So I hope I have hung up. And this is all that we've come over time. And I really appreciate you time, the time you spent with us. All you people out there, just try to be aware when you use your wallet. There's power in your wallet. Try to eat less meat, and if you can't make it all the way, then uh, try to buy the humane right. products. Be conscientious. Go on your phone to Google. Reward the companies that are making efforts. Chickenwatch.org. Yeah, reward the companies that are trying to let the. If you got to eat your meat, 
then you know, go to companies that are humanely slaughtering them. And check out for that palm oil stuff, okay? Don't consume any palm oil anymore if you like orangutans. Care okay, about thank stuff. You. It's That's good it Nancy, what's your web page and your phone numbers and all your stuff? Quick. So next week you can call us at 323-203-0815, nancy at animallawlawyer.com, and all the audios for the show are available on download. Uh, for download at LATalkRadio.com. Just Google it, you'll okay. find it. Ciao, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Ciao, Bye. ciao. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on LA Talk Radio.